We want to welcome you all into the 29th episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko here with Cole Purvis and Isaac Edwards. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. We are doing good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun week. Lots of sports here at TA and a lot of other things to talk about around uh, the nation with sports. But we'll start with the TA Oxford Hills football game. Cole, you and I broadcasted that game up in the Crow's Nest at Hill Stadium. TA unfortunately lost twenty five to twenty. But I want to ask you what um, what did you see that was that went right for TA? What was something you liked and something that just really didn't go well for them? Something they need to fix for this Bedford game on Saturday? Well, it was an ugly but also an interesting game at the same time. TA really couldn't run the ball all day. You have Hayden Whitney coming off of almost 300 rushing yards. He was bottled up. Oxford Hills front was really big and really good. They did not let TA get any good run plays, really. Um, and then the first half, Oxford Hills really dominated offensively. You have Tegan Pelletier, who we weren't sure was going to play coming into the mm-hmm. game, but he was out there even with the injury. He bailed Oxford Hills out multiple times. They were way behind the chains, third and long, second and long, and he would make a big catch and torch TA's corners. So he was the best for them in the first half. But then you look at the second half, and really TA played pretty well. They were stopping Oxford Hills multiple times on defense. Um their defense just played much, much better. And their offense was actually pretty good. Ryan O'Keefe played mostly quarterback for the whole game, and he actually played pretty well. But And T.A., I thought, outplayed them for most of the second half, but it was just a bizarre and unfortunate end to that game. You think Hayden Whitney, it looked like he was going to take it all the way in for the touchdown, but he gets stopped and eventually fumbles inside the 10. And then on the next play, wow, that was a crazy play uh, to, I think it was Bickford, the receiver. Yep. It was like... 94 yards or something like that it was just an ugly way to end the game but again these two teams are probably going to make for the state championship so you yeah. got a lot of film to watch and i'm sure they went over it yesterday and they'll be ready when the playoffs comes or come around yeah i thought we had them it was uh 14 to 7 uh 17 after we scored that touchdown to bring it in a three but you know it it, it sucks because you know we had them and a 20 25 victory you hate to see it so yeah it's definitely uh not what team wanted i think it um, it almost for me felt like they almost kind of had it in the bag once uh, Soren went down because it looked like they yeah. were going to have the advantage but uh, uh, Brady Truman came in and played really well for Oxford Hills and won that game so TA is 1-1 one and one now and they have a, a big matchup we're going to talk about this next a big matchup with uh, Bedford High School from New Hampshire um, I've, I've seen a little bit of, of stuff on this team they got some really big middle linebackers and, and defense and they have a, a very big team a lot of players in this team so uh, for TA coming off that loss, what's something that you think they want to do, Cole, going into this game versus Bedford? Uh, just get the run game back on track. I mean, Oxford Hills was a, a big team, and they had trouble with that. So we'll see if the Bedford defense can stop TA, and um, we'll just see do they play Caden True more and try and run the auction with him and get him more uh, more designed runs. I, I think they'll win. I think they'll be fine. Bedford comes in 1-1 one and one in New Hampshire. TA, of course, 1-1 one and one as well, but they lost to – the best team in the state in Oxford Hills and um, I just think that I think TA will bounce back this week. Yep. I'm going to be honest, guys. Real talk right now. Uh, I had to look up Bedford on the map before this game. I didn't know where it was. So um, it's it's right next to Manchester, a nice little small town. Kind of looks like us, but on the river, you know, great foliage, everything. Um, I think we're going to come out and win. The run game's going to get back on track and we're going to come out and win this game. So Yeah, it'll definitely be a good one. Uh, we'll have that game on TATV on Saturday at 1.30. Cole and I will be on the call for that one. 
And uh, we'll talk about some boys soccer now. Boys soccer is uh, one and two. They had a win over Kenny Bunk three to one in their last game. They had, had lost to South Portland and uh, Marshwood in the first two games of the season. Jeremiah Gomez is playing well with three goals so far for the for the uh, the boys soccer team. And we'll Gary. have yeah, he's uh, he's been <laughs> playing well, and so. Uh, we'll have some more games for them coming up uh, here on TATV in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but look at the girls' soccer team. They're on a three-game win streak. Uh, they just beat Bonnie Eagle 4-3 to in a very uh, close game. Uh, T-Ball scored late in that one to uh, get the winner. And Speaking of, T-Ball and Hadley started. They both have four goals through four games. So the girls' soccer team is looking great uh, through the first couple of games. And uh, we have uh, a game tonight for them, uh, Thursday night here. Uh, against Biddeford at 6.30 on TATV. So we'll have another uh, girls' soccer matchup, which will be a good one. And speaking of the girls' soccer team, we have an interview with two of their senior players, Renee Gonville and Emily Coleman. All right, now we're joined with members of the TA girls' soccer team. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Excellent, excellent. So first, let's talk about the season so far. So coming into this year, uh, obviously some new players. Uh, how has it been so far for everybody? Um, for the most part, we've been doing really well. Um, our first game of the season was a bit... A bit rough for us, but we started on the wrong foot. But ever since that, I feel like we've been doing really well, especially with our recent games, you know, South Portland, Kenny Bunk, and uh, everything else. Awesome. And so talk to me a little bit about how it's set up. So you have you have your position, but then injuries happen, and it's not like the pros where you just kind of put somebody else in there. You kind of have to move around your position. So uh, talk about some of the players maybe that have had to be a little bit flexible and tr tr maybe move a little bit of position to help the team because of injuries or whatever else. We're like really low on defenders right now. So we've been having a lot of people kind of change their position up a little bit. And so like we have Layla True, which is a freshman. She's been kind of filling in a defensive, in the defensive uh, area right now, as normally she's like a forward. And then obviously we had Harlow. She was gonna switch her position to defense. And then um, she ended up getting hurt and she's out for the rest of the season. And then. We had another defender that got hurt, Cora, and we don't know when she's coming back. And so we've had Layla, and then as well as um, on Saturday, we Layla was hurt, so we had Kaylee end up playing defense as well. So a little so, bit of everybody. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a lot of changing around, but everybody's doing really good in playing their part. Awesome. Now, talking about the freshmen, so you do see in some sports, field hockey is another one, girls soccer, that you do see freshmen playing at the varsity level. And how do you – as you know, older captains on the team, how do you integrate the younger younger kids? Because there's a huge difference between an 18 year old and a 14 year old. Yeah. So what do you what do you do off the field maybe to make sure everyone feels welcome? For the most part, you know, like most of the freshmen that come up, you know, like on a varsity team or something, are really they're set back. They're they're okay with you know like new positions, new friends, new team, new everything. And with the two freshmen we have this year, they're they're awesome. I mean. Personally, I've known Harlow since she was, you know, a little girl, so I've known her for a really long time. But Layla, she's, you know, just as outgoing and as fun as everyone else on the team, and it's really easy to get to, you know, bond with them both. Let's talk about Coach Charlotte for a minute. Very popular teacher here at the school. She actually was in the same graduating class as I was here at Thorn Academy, so we go way back. What is it like on a daily basis? You know, she's really clever and funny in the classroom, a little bit serious, but what is it like as a coach? Not so much on the game days, but on a practice day. The great coach. I mean, as coach-wise, she's probably – if not the best yeah, soccer coach I've had. You know, she played Division One soccer in college at UMaine, the University of Maine up in Orono, and she's brought in, you know, I think she's she can lead us pretty far this year. She's a great coach, and we have great assistant coaches, you know, Defoe as well, and, 
you know, all the other coaching staff. Lots of experience. Yeah. So girls, teen girls soccer back in the early 2010s were one of the best teams in the state year after year, going back to regional finals, went to a state championship. Last couple of years, had some good teams, but just haven't got to that level of success. What do you think this year can be, can change that? What What is it? A, do you think there's personnel? Do you think it's the spirit? What do you think that can really propel you all to making a deep run in the playoffs? It's definitely the way we interact with each other. Like, we're all nice to each other. We all support each other we're very upbeat and then as in previous years we might have not been where we should be and that's just going to help us for the future because we're just going to keep working together and supporting each other and that's how we'll become on top as this in past years we haven't really been yeah, on top this, this group this year we really we work well off the field but on the field we work really really well together and i think it's a great you know key to have in soccer Awesome. Now, one thing mentioning that is, so in professional soccer, no one plays on turf, yeah. uh, in men or women. But in, in high school, it happens, not just here at Thornton Academy, but others. Do you prefer playing on turf or on real grass when it comes to soccer? Turf, because real grass, there's like a lot of divots. Okay. Yeah, it's and turf. it's harder. So most people, well, most people say would say grass, but only if you're at a professional level. Yeah. I mean, if you have a really nice, I can imagine like when you're out in the practice field sometimes on the grass, it's, it's got to be a little tough. Yeah. It's really, it's a difference. You know, turf, it's nice and flat and smooth, but grass, you know, long grass can slow the ball down and there's divots and everything. So it really does. And a lot difference. of the fields that have grass, like they go outward. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's have, true. Like, that's true. Yeah. 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 Some of the, some of the football fields you see, I have like in Wyndham, I think it's, a, it's you can literally see like a hump in the yeah. middle. It's all the for drainage, but awful. terrible. Oh, they love having they love talking about their field and their their soccer <laughs> it was, teams. It was awful when we played last yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking ahead uh, at some some games coming up, what do you think is your hardest game coming up in the next couple of weeks? I think Scarborough and, and Wyndham are, are two yeah. hardest games upcoming. What know? makes those teams hard, especially Wyndham? I mean, they they have perennial power. Is it like this have a good youth system? Is it coaching? What is it? Is it intimidating? I mean, Wyndham, yeah, I mean, Wyndham had, they have Abby Thornton on the team. She was right. the player of the year last year, and she's a phenomenal player. But they also have other players like Ashley Clark, who's really good, Elizabeth and the Talbot sisters. Um, they're just phenomenal. Same with Scarborough. They have, mm-hmm. um, I think her name is Lana. Allie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Allie McCriskey and Lana. Yep. And Allie's committed to go to Bryant to play soccer, so that'll be a hard team. Nice. Is Scarborough here or there? I think it's here. here no, okay. it's they, not here. It's oh, there. They have, not, they have brand new Windham. turf. They have brand Windham's new turf. Windham's there as well. Oh, okay. So Scarborough, they get the new turf, and it's actually, um, it's not rubber. It's cork. Yeah. It's really weird. For football, mm-hmm. like I was picking it up, it's like cork. Interesting. So I'm, I'm <laughs> curious to see how it, how it plays out. Uh, you guys have, you guys, meaning the soccer team, is a pretty good social media game, not only on Twitter, but on Instagram. Is yeah. there is a player who runs that? Like, yeah. Oh, really oh there you go. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. So nice job keeping that always uh, up track. Um, how do you feel like that's helped um, you know, keep connections with the team? You know, when I was in high school, we didn't have social media. So when you're on a team, it was basically emails. I mean, not even text messages or anything. But how does social media help you kind of put your message forward, not only to your teammates, but to other people that come to your games? Well, I feel like if we post, then we can repost it. And then everybody from our like own followers will see it as well. Right. And then just if then we'll like post our wins and our losses and stuff like that. So everybody can like interact Right. And see how we're doing. Coach Charles got a pretty good Instagram, uh, not Instagram, TikTok game. She, <laughs> she goes in bunches. I feel like I see, you know, in her classroom, she'll have like five or six in two weeks, and then we'll yeah. see her for a little bit. So we like, also, yeah. we like to keep in touch sometimes, most of the time, with the TA fan section posts. Uh, yes. If we're lucky enough, they'll post about it. Yes. Sometimes they'll, you know, some of their posts aren't that great. Yeah. Or, or they'll say, <laughs> or for they'll me, like, the one I get mad sport? at. Yeah, yeah. They'll say, yeah. They'll say something like, you know, uh, you know, um, 
I, I forget who it was. It was like, uh, you know, tenants optional or something. Yeah, they put on saw, one of the other yeah. ones. I was like, come on. Like, that's yeah. every year we're fighting on that one. <laughs> uh, so last, just, uh, last question. Who's the biggest, uh, who tells the best jokes on the team? Do you have a jokester? Do you have somebody who's like the life of the locker room? I don't know. That's a hard question. That is a hard question. I'd say, oh, maybe maybe Defoe, if anything. Defoe <laughs> yeah. would be the one to say jokes. Or, makes sense, yeah. yeah. Or Sarah, Sarah Rich. She yeah, but Sarah Rich makes people all the time. That That's mm-hmm. her little jokester thing. Gotcha. She, yeah, she we're in like a huddle, and Coach always has her legs so far spread. For oh, she, just she always gets her. Someone or something. Well, we score the kind of goals that she does. I mean, she had some crazy goals last year. Uh, yeah. That, um, that'd be good. Last question. What would it just mean for each of you to, to make a deep run and, and win a state championship? Personally, what would it mean for you? I mean, it's senior year. I'm like... We haven't won a state championship ever, and the furthest I think we've ever gone was 2012 or like, 11 Yeah, 2011, or I think it was like the re- state championship, yeah. 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 It would it would really be nice. I mean, we lost to a, a great team last year. It was an unfortunate game, but mm-hmm. it was a, we, you know, we gave them a little run in the beginning and then fell off, but I think, I think we can... We have a we could have a chance this year if we really, you know, stick to it and push ourselves. Do you want to give a shout-out to any teacher favorite of yours at TA? Does they see this? <laughs> No, really. How about your How about your social media? Give a shout out to your social media as we wrap up, um, or, le- or at least the TA soccer one. <laughs> okay, Girls the TA soccer one is TA Girl Soccer, and then mine is Renee underscore Gonville 04. I think the Twitter is also TA Girl Soccer. Girl yeah. Soccer. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck the rest of the year, girls. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We want to thank Renee Gonville and Emily Coleman for coming in for that quick interview, and we'll just wrap up with some field hockey updates. So the field hockey game on Tuesday night was canceled due to impending weather, which unfortunately uh, never really came. It it was pretty sunny all night, so that's unfortunate. That makeup game should be announced uh, soon. But the field hockey team is also three and one. They have had uh, a good start, a good uh, couple games after their loss to Chevrolet in the first game of the season. So uh, the girls' soccer team is playing well. Excuse me, the girls' field hockey team is playing well right now. Greta Clements uh, up there with four goals for that team. So TA Sports are now looking pretty good. Uh, still a lot of games to come. Uh, but again, our TA TV schedule for the rest of the week, we have girls' soccer tonight at 6.30 versus Biddeford and that Bedford uh, football game at Hill Stadium at 1.30 on Saturday. But now we have a lot of talk about here with professional sports. We'll start with the NFL. Uh, lots of action. I don't know how much you guys watched. I tried to watch as many games as possible. Yeah. I saw the Pittsburgh game and the crazy overtime. I watched uh, the Green Bay Packers game, which wasn't very good for the Packers. But uh, lots of stuff um, in the first week. So I want to ask you, who are – give me like two or three winners, Cole, of, of week one and, and two or three losers. Well, first I want to talk about that Steelers Bengals game. That was that was insane. They missed an extra point and then a chip shot field goal, and it was the long snappers fought both times. It Most was, important yeah. p- position on the field is the long snapper. Yeah, I didn't was. know that, but it, I guess it, was, it is. It was a backup tight end, so he gets a little bit of well, a yeah, slack. Bill there. Belichick has, Bill Belichick once talked for like ten minutes straight in an interview about the importance of long snappers yeah. and the history of that. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Oh. It's pretty funny. But the Steelers. Um, uh, the Bengals, I mean, you can't expect to win if Burrow throws four picks. And I know yep. they lost on the extra points and stuff, um, but Burrow did not have a great game. And then there was a tie in the Colts-Texans game in week one. That's pretty rare. Um, the Pats are bad, obviously. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> their, their first and second down defense was actually pretty good, but on third down, Tua was just throwing these rockets over the middle to Tyreek and Jalen Waddell, and yep. they were 
just making plays with them, and the Pats secondary couldn't stop them. Um, hopefully they get it together. I'm not super confident that they can. Pretty negative vibes around the Patriots right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking if this were a primetime game, we would be the joke of the NFL right now. Yeah, our yeah. offense cannot do anything. We but, score seven points. Like, yeah. come on. But thank you to the Cowboys and the Broncos for having bad performances on primetime. They yep. bailed us out. And <laughs> the other thing is, this is definitely a, an overreaction to week one, which a lot of people like to do, but the Vikings looked really, really good. Their, new, co- their new coach was the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year, helped Cooper Cup have his historic season, mm-hmm. and Justin Jefferson was just wide open in the middle of the field. I don't know how this guy is able to get these stud receivers open in space, but he's doing it, and that could be a problem for the rest of the NFL. The Vikings are looking like a real contender in the NFC, so obviously a lot happened over the first Sunday in the NFL, but it's just week one, so we'll see how things play out moving forward. Yeah, demoralizing loss of the Broncos. I mean, Broncos country left wide. I mean, just what are we doing, coach? I mean, come on. Like, they fumbled the ball twice on the goal line in the one-yard stands. You just can't have that. I mean, and then um, probably another big loss is definitely the Bengals. I think we got a little uh, little Super Bowl hangover after they lost that. I think I, I really none of the teams ever do well after they lose the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at the Falcons, you look at the, the Panthers. So, um, And then probably the Rams, dude. On that Thursday night, they got smoked by the Bills. I really don't know if they can repeat this year. Um, they're just old. Just a lot of old guys. Aaron Donald did not look the same. Uh, and um, uh, Matthew Stafford looked out of place there. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I somewhat agree there with the Rams. I'm going to disagree with the defense because they did play fairly well with against the Bills on defense there. That was – it wasn't, I would say you're right, not the greatest game for the offense, but the defense was, was okay because I think Josh Allen had two or three picks and, and they fumbled the ball a couple of times. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, definitely a, a lot of crazy things happening. And um, the one thing I saw in that Packers-Vikings game was there were a couple of times where – uh, the Packers' coverage of Justin Jefferson ended up being an outside linebacker, Preston Smith, having to guard Jefferson, and I mean, uh, outside linebacker who's probably you know up there in the 250, 270 range um, against Je- Justin Jefferson, who's got that speed. That's uh, not going to work. And uh, he had put up so- somewhat close to Randy Moss numbers. I mean, there was oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. there was a graphic early in that game, which was it was like six catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns yeah, or something. It was crazy. Some very good things for my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah mine too. Yeah. Uh, and um, are the 49ers done to bring back Jimmy? I mean, come on. They were playing in a monsoon. I give that. I mean, that celebration, a little slip and slide but for the Bears. But, yeah, Trey Lance did not look that good. I mean, I, yeah, I think you got to give him time. But if Trey Lance keeps struggling, things are going to get really loud there because I don't know how – I mean, you got – a bunch of professional athletes on the sideline who want to go out and win a Super Bowl. And when you've seen Jimmy Garoppolo have the success that he's mm-hmm. had, taking them to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship, you're logically going to think, let's get the guy out here who's yep. won the last two mm-hmm. seasons instead of this rookie who's still a process. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah. There's a lot a lot going on in that week one, and there was a ton of injuries as well. Uh, one of the, the I wouldn't say more normal ones, but one that was washed a lot here in New England was Mac Jones, who went down, finished the game, but uh, is listed as uh, back spasms now. Should play for week two. Uh, do you think that Mac Jones is okay? You think that this is going to impede his ability to help the Patriots this season? You think he's it's just something that along the road? Uh, I think it's Bailey Zappi time now. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Zappi. I'm not surprised with how much he was getting hit. Sounds like he's going to be fine. And they play Pittsburgh this week, which is a real toss-up game. we got to yeah, win yeah. that one, just stay 1-1. One one. 
Um, with all these injuries, I mean, you got to play. I think it shows that you have to play star players in preseason games. Like at least week three, maybe get them in for a quarter, a couple drives. Because a lot of teams just looked out of place and didn't really have the offensive flow or the defensive flow that they really needed. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some other injuries as well. I mean, Dak Prescott with the thumb. Um, the original timeline was six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones is saying they should have him back for in four weeks, which I don't believe at all. Yeah. I think that that's just his way of saying I don't want to put him on the IR because if they do that, he can't come back until week five, which uh, I don't think he'll be back by week five anyways. Uh, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had a great game but lost their, uh, their star uh, linebacker, uh, TJ Watt. Watt, and TJ it's Watt. a torn pectoral muscle, which I think is a good 12 weeks. Yeah, I don't think he tore it. I think he really dodged a bullet. Did he? It's, it's going to be like four to six weeks, something okay. like that. Yeah. What yeah. is it with the Watt family that they just get hurt like every year? Like JJ was the same. TJ, I hope he, I hope he doesn't have that injury bug like he, like his brother. But yeah. he's a really good player, and I hope he, hope he can get back in the yeah. future weeks. And I TJ's mean, been on pace to maybe be better than his brother. Yeah, yeah definitely. He won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, uh, I mean, they throw their bot. Both those guys have just put their body on the line for, for. Uh, the the name of the game. So right. that I mean, I I would see expect to see a couple of injuries, but. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a lot of injuries. It's always tough to see because, like, I feel like every year that's a lot, and sometimes mm-hmm. a lot more notable names. I mean, Dak Prescott, T.J. Watt. I mean, that's that's a few yeah. there. But um, another one I saw, which is more like fantasy wise, is Elijah Mitchell's out for eight weeks. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's tough for some fantasy teams. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't a terrible week, and and lots of uh, lots of high scoring fantasy football players. And did you guys win your week one? I did. Yeah, dominated I, three. No first place. Really? Yeah, me I, too. I scored 162 points and I still lost. Wow. Wow, guy, that is yeah, sad. <laughs> the guy I went against had 190. He had Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and then he had DeAndre Swift who played amazing. Ooh. And he had like Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. So he had yeah. he had a great week. Uh, but one of the things I, I, I was seeing uh, last night um, looking for forward to this Kansas City Chargers game is that Thursday Night Football is on Amazon Prime Video, uh, which some people are frustrated about. I thought it's something we could talk about. Um, I know that now, as we start to get more into the streaming services, there's more like Peacock TV, Paramount TV. They're start, um, they're becoming like you know more notable and getting more shows. It means that some of these sports are not really going to be on cable TV as much, and you kind of have to have the subscription. And I want to know, like, do you think this is a good thing for sports that they're going to the, the to these different streaming services, or do you think that it's just almost kind of ruining it for the people that want to just watch the games? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a good thing. I happen to have Amazon Prime, so I'm going to be able to watch Thursday Night Football, which mm-hmm. is great. But a lot of people don't have these subscriptions. Like, I know the MLB started doing Apple TV this yep. year, and yeah. like. Um, but I'm sure the Amazon broadcast will be good. They got Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit to call the games. And, yep. Um, it it'll be, the broadcast of the game will be fine. But again, it's you gotta have these streaming services. And um, I've heard the Apple TV broadcasts are terrible. So yeah. some of them are good, some of them are bad. Yeah. I really think it's a good thing for football. If you ask a lot of kids and like millennials, younger younger generations, they don't watch TV. They have streaming services. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They don't pay for cable. They pay for uh, Hulu, they pay for Disney Plus, you know, uh, Amazon Prime. So I think good. It, it's good for the NFL and other leagues to move for the younger generation so they can watch more games and have more in-depth stats. I, I saw that uh, Dude Perfect was going to do a broadcast yeah. on Amazon Prime. You know, that brings back my childhood, you know. So that's going to be pretty fun to watch. I might watch it. I'll probably just watch it Al Michaels. Yeah. The guy's a legend in the broadcasting game. So. Yeah. I, I am uh... – 
I'm, I'm right there with Cole. I mean, I have Amazon Prime, so it's like one of the things where like it's not doesn't really affect me, but I do I do feel for some of the people out there who don't have those subscriptions, who just have been watching games on cable their whole life, and now you know obviously Fox and CBS are still going to do stuff, so mm-hmm. maybe not Thursday night or Monday night um, anymore, but yeah. uh, they'll still be able to watch some games, but. I hope it doesn't go all the streaming services because yeah. I mean they're just going to cre- keep creating more, and at some point there won't be any more cable TV. And the, I, I don't watch it very often, but I, I feel like it should it yeah. should stay there. The money is huge in TV. You know, all these broadcasting deals they got over like a billion deal, like a billion dollar deals for TV for like multiple years. So I think we'll be fine. I think it's going to stay on national television. Yeah. Well, we're talking about some college football now, and, and we'll go to over to Cole's team, the Alabama. Uh, Rolling Tide, uh, Alabama had did, played Texas, and if you were joined our broadcast, you heard Cole having some uh, up and down emotions because they almost lost. But at the end of the game, Alabama and some of their players, I think it was only a few of them, uh, did like the horn down kind of celebration. And if you don't know, Texas do like the horn up kind of thing. So yeah, it was kind of like uh, it was kind of a um, a, a little like sly celebration at the end of the game and coach Nick Saban was furious yes. he swore a couple times on ta- on national TV as he was running by mm-hmm. uh, and he was not happy I want to I just want to get your guys' thoughts you think yeah. that like it was rude for them to do that I know that like they didn't they could they could have gotten a taunting penalty it wouldn't have really affected the game but do you think that that's something that like it's a part of sports that kind of celebration thing or do you think it's something that they they shouldn't have done what do you think Cole I I, I wouldn't have done it after almost losing to Texas who you're expected to blow out but mm-hmm. I yeah. mean I don't think it's the end of the world if somebody does it, but at, at the same time, just talking about that game, I was saying like if they don't win by more than 30, I'm going to be disappointed. I wanted to blow them out, yeah. but you got to know that I, I should have known that going into an away game with two historic programs playing each other, yeah. Texas just simply with the passion of the game is going to make it close. You saw last year Texas A&M was unranked and they played Bama in their stadium and they won. Mm-hmm. And then in the Iron Bowl last year, Auburn was unranked, but it, it and uh, Auburn almost beat them. So it just proves that teams give their best against Alabama and yep. I probably should have known better, but we're <laughs> lucky we dodged a bullet and uh, we got to bounce back. Yeah, I think it's just disrespectful. You're the number one ranked team in the country, and you almost lose to an unranked team. Why are we, like, taunting, celebrating that? Like, yep. come on, guys, come on. I think Saban's got to get a little more control in that locker room. Yeah, I, I I'm think, sure he was very – Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's tough, especially, like, I don't I, – I can't – I'll tell my head think what the last play was, but I think it was just, like, a – a kick with they just tried a kick return and they just like stopped him normally i think that mm-hmm. yeah they just the tried to they ran a play from like their own 20 and just tried to make it crazy yeah it's it's not like they had like an interception at the end or something that win the game um but yeah i mean you know they won by was it one point was it yeah. 2019 or right. something like that but um why, you know, are, we, why are we taunting guys I, I know that i don't think that'll affect their their rankings too much i think they, they dropped, dropped. number two yeah, they, they dropped which is fair george has been playing better george, so yeah. yeah so so that's uh I mean, at least they won, right? If yeah. they lost, they would have gone a lot farther. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that was uh, a lot uh, watching Nick Saban swear on national Little television. Little shout-out. App State, baby. We come in, we go to Texas A&M, and we upset number six right in the country. Yeah, Chase Bryce, Heisman sleeper. Pick him. No, just kidding. But, <laughs> but we hey, 14 to 17, App State. What an upset, guys. Nice job. Yeah, that's what, that's what college sports is all about. Yeah. I feel like they just – Upsets are, are, are going to happen in every sport. I mean, basketball to football yeah. to, to whatever it is. And so it's always fun to watch those games, especially the ones when it comes down to the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, I mean, that 12-team that 12, uh, 12 playoff in 2026 is looking looking really nice. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. 
So to end this episode, I got a question for you guys. I saw this on social media the other day, and I wanted to, to get your guys' thoughts. Um, obviously, across sports, every team really has a captain. I know for like football, you have captains of the defense, special teams, offense, that kind of thing. But for sports like a hockey, you have one captain. And so this this question I have here is: is should the the captain the captainicity like like the like the the honor of being a captain should it be given to the best player on a team or does it depend on the sport like is there a certain sport where you don't really give it to the best player you give it to like the hard, most hard working or the leader like what do you guys think about that well i think if you're the best player on a team it's a little bit expected that you're going to be a captain like if you look at the nfl most most of the best players on the team are captains mm-hmm. and quarterbacks usually but I, I don't really have an opinion on this. I mean, just give it to the guy who is a leader in the locker room. Usually it's a veteran. Um, if it's your best player, great. If it's not, then that's fine. I really don't have a strong yeah. opinion on that. If your best player acts like a jerk, he shouldn't be the captain. Like, you have to give the captaincy to the, the best leader, best guy, the guy that does 100% of the work, Does is a team leader. you got to give it to him. Not it, I mean – if if the if that's your best player, give it to him. But if it's not, and your best player is kind of you know off and on, doesn't really care that much, you don't give it to the best player if he's acting like that. Yeah, I agree. I think that I feel like for some, it just happens on some teams that the best players happen mm-hmm. to be the captains, but other teams like it it's someone who's a leader in a locker room. It's somebody who gives the most effort. Um, sometimes you'll see like I mean, looking at hockey, excuse me, specifically. Like Montreal just gave it to Nick Suzuki, who I wouldn't say is a leader in the locker room, but he's a young guy who's really going to give some energy to, to the team, and so they want to try something new. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it is it is somewhat of an honor. So I think that like um, like you said, Cole, I feel like the best players almost like feel like they should get it sometimes because um, they're they're helping their team out the most. But yeah, it's definitely definitely one of those questions that that uh, caused some some conversation but you guys have any more thoughts before we finish this episode um i just like our field hockey team thorns field hockey team that's a scary team you know we come back with vengeance you know and uh game th- uh, three game winning streak let's get it let's win some more yeah cool i have anything excited for the football game this weekend tune in for the broadcast for that yeah, yeah definitely excited for that one but that is going to do it for episode 29 of trojan talk we want to thank you all for watching and we will see you all next week for episode 30